Good morning, and welcome again to Antioch Community Church Brighton's virtual service. My name is John Lux, and I have the privilege of serving here as the associate pastor. This week is the first week of our series called The Father Heart of God, and we're coming to understand as a church the fatherly affection that God has for us. Now, as I often do uh, in preparing a sermon or a series, I reached out to some uh, some people in our church with a prophetic gifting. And one thing that they wanted to bring our attention to was the moment where Jesus visits Mary and Martha when their brother Lazarus has died. And the moment is so simple, but what Jesus does is he, he sits with them and weeps together with them. Even though Jesus knows exactly how things are going to turn out, he knows that there's going to be a happy ending, but he still comes near and weeps with them. And I think God is really wanting to show us that there's an empathy in God, an ability to, to be near and experience emotion together with us. God doesn't stand above and stand apart from what we experience. He's really there with us. And so hold that in your heart as we explore the, the truth about God, that he's a heavenly father to us over the next three weeks. Now, if we want to know what God is as a father, we have to begin with a single idea. We have to begin with a single question. What do you believe? that God thinks about you right now? What do you believe that God thinks about you right now? Because we think of God as being omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, and omnipresent in all places at all times. We have a big view of God. But if those three things are true, then isn't it also true that a God who is omnipresent is also present with you in the room right now where you're watching this message? And it further stands to reason that if God is omniscient, thinking all things at all times with all knowledge, that he's present in the place where you are right now. And he's thinking about you. He's thinking about you. So what do you believe that God is thinking about you right now? It, is, it ends up being one of the most important questions we can ask as Christians. And it has a fundamental impact on how we grow up, how we approach God. How we let God change and grow our life. What do you believe that God thinks about you? And it's a funny thing, right? I can't just show up here as a preacher and be like, here's the answer. I can't just give it to you. I think even reading it in the Bible and saying, I agree. I think that might not be enough of an answer to this question. 
So I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to ask that God, the only one who's able to really answer this question for you, I'm going to pray right now and ask that he would do it. I'm going to ask that God would answer this question for us this morning. God, God, you said you know the thoughts you have for us. Jesus, would would you make it possible for us to know what God thinks about us today? Would you show our hearts? God, things that we couldn't think our way into, God, would you show us? We need to know how you feel. We need to know what you think about us. In Jesus' name, let our eyes be open. Amen. All right. So, I'm going to begin with a a, a subsidiary question of this main question, which is, does God even enjoy me? I mean, does God really like me? Because all around us, this question uh, is being asked the other way. Does anyone like me? It's the basic question of insecurity. And everybody experiences it. Everybody experiences it. Does anyone like me? Does anyone love me? Does anyone see me? Does anybody enjoy me? Does anyone appreciate me? And some people deal with this basic problem of insecurity by saying, nobody sees me. Nobody loves me. I'm no one. No one wants me. And other people deal with this problem of insecurity by saying, I'll make them see me. If they don't see that I'm valuable, then they're stupid. I don't need anyone to see that say that I'm valuable. I'll make, I'll make my own value. That, that both of these, the, the, the confidence that's based on ego and the self-hatred and self-deprecation are both an expression of the deep insecurity we experience in life. Does anyone love me? Does anyone enjoy me? You know, you could think of like writing over your your social media feed and every post scribbling out what is written there and write, does anyone see me question mark as what everyone on that platform is really asking every time they post on it. Does anyone see me? Does anybody say that I have value? And I think one of the primary places where God speaks to this question here is in, in Mark 1, uh, Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And this is what it says in the New King James. It says, It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan River. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parted and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And then a voice came from heaven, don't miss it, saying, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is what God had to say about Jesus in front of everyone at the moment when he was baptized. remember the baptisms we watched a few weeks ago? As far as we know, 
all that Jesus had done in his life up until that point was make stuff out of wood as a small town carpenter. And yet God says, with you I am well pleased. Now some of you are probably thinking something along the lines of, of course he's well pleased with Jesus. Jesus is perfect. And that is valid. There was a unique way in which Jesus was the Son of God. But all of us, in our imperfection, have been adopted into the family of Jesus Christ when we accepted him as our Lord. So God looks at us and calls us children of God. But does he say that he enjoys us? That's the real question, isn't it? Well, how do we take this ancient moment of being baptized in the Jordan River and translate it into 2021? How do we map it onto our own experience? Well, I'm going to try and pull it into the moments of insecurity that we experience in real life. Now, one place of deep insecurity that for everybody is job interviews, right? Whoo, job interviews, right? You come in the room, you're nervous, and there's somebody there in a nice suit sitting at the conference table across from you. Uh, they've got your little cover letter in front of them that they probably didn't read, and they lean over the table and look you in the eye and say, what do you think you have to offer to XYZ company? And do you just feel the insecurity of that moment? Well, what if, what if God just tore open the ceiling tiles and bursts in the room like the Kool-Aid man and says, this is my daughter. She is the one that I love and I am pleased with her. Do you believe that that would change the dynamic in the room? Would it change the power dynamics between you and the interviewer? Would it alleviate a little bit of the insecurity you feel in that interview room? Here's another one. You've ever been broken up with, you can imagine, just a little bit of insecurity evolved. <laughs> yes, insecurity. Right, so you show up for this little DTR, back and forth. It's not me, it really is you. Right? Ugh, the, the gut-aching insecurity of that moment. But can you imagine a God who would speak into that moment and say, Hey, this is my son. The son that I love. And I am pleased with him. And to take this to the maximum that I think we can in the Lord, what about the moment where you really did fail in life? You sinned or you made a mistake, a big mistake that had consequences for you and other people. Those moments of just feeling like you totally blew it and everyone knew. Can we believe that God would come even into a moment like that one and say, you are still my daughter, still the one that I love, and I'm still 
pleased with you. I still enjoy what I made you to be. Because the expression of God's love isn't that he loved us when we had our act together. God showed his love in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And the love of God is such that he is able to enjoy you, even in your place of sin and failure. And understanding that and experiencing that love is the way that we step out of sin and get to a new place. And I want to tell a quick story um, about a time in my life where I felt deep insecurity and I needed to know what God thought about me. And uh, it was when we moved back to the United States uh, from Africa as a family and uh, it was a time where I felt so insecure. Um, you know, setting down my job, setting down my identity, coming to a new place, trying to figure it all out. I was so insecure. It was really hard. Um, it was hard for our whole family. And I can remember Cyprus really struggling, you know? Everything's new, everything's uprooted, everything's confusing. And, um, and one thing that was going on in his world is that if he was in, in any kind of childcare scenario or around other kids, if he felt scared or he felt pushed around or he didn't feel safe, he would bite other kids. Ah! <laughs> it, was, it was a major problem. And, uh, and I remember one day uh, dropping him off in uh, childcare, and uh, I'm, I'm sort of lurking at the doorway because I want to know that he's going to be okay. And I'm just watching him, and he goes in, and he like kind of goes past the trains, and he goes past the trucks, and he goes over to the he goes over to the little crib, right, where all the little baby dolls are, and he picks one up, and he holds it like right up close to his face. And he just leans over it and walks around the room whispering to this baby. And I hear what he's whispering and he's saying, I love you. I love you. You're my little boy. I love you. It's going to be okay. I'm here with you. And just saying it over and over and over and over again. And God touched my heart so deeply in that moment. Because that is what I needed to understand that God was saying to me. Then in all the complexity and insecurity of what I was experiencing, what God's thought about me was in that moment is, I, I love you. You're my little boy. I'm here with you. It's going to be okay. And if a two-year-old, if a two-year-old can understand this, can we get a hold of it ourselves? Can we get an answer to the question of what God thinks of us? Whether he really enjoys us? So what we're going to do for the rest of our time is that we're going we're gonna to see if God will answer this question. I said it before, but this is not something I can tell you the answer to. We ourselves, each of us, need to hear from God what he says. So I want you to go and get something to write with. Come on, you're at home. Surely, surely you have something to write with. Grab a pen and a piece of paper. If you are somebody who writes in a journal, go grab it. Come on, do it. It's an act of faith, right? When you stand up and get a pen and a piece of paper, it's an act of faith that says, I really believe 
that God is going to speak to me. All right? It's cool. I'll wait for you. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to listen for God's voice. We're not going to make it super spiritual, but God is a spiritual God. He speaks to us. So we're just going to sit here quietly. If you're a kid and you're here and you're still in the room listening, go get your own piece of paper. We're going to take a deep breath. Sit here calm with God. And we're just going to listen. Now we don't need God to tear apart the sky to speak to us. God could show us something so simple. Just a little picture that sort of seems to pop into our mind. You can write it down. Or God might seem to just put a, a little phrase or, a, or even a single word in our mind that, that we didn't think up. It seemed to just be in our mind. You don't need to be 100% sure that it's God. Just write it down. You can process it once it's on the paper. And I will say, if, if as you're seeking God and listening to his voice or trying to listen to what, whatever God would put in your mind as you listen to him, if you hear something that's an accusation, or a condemnation. I'll tell you right now, that's not God. So if there's a condemning or an accusing thought that pops in your mind, I'll tell you, that's not God. You're just going to take that and set it aside. Take another deep breath here in God's presence and listen to what he says about you. And so we're going to ask him that question. God, what do you think about me right now? What are the thoughts you have towards me? So I'll pray and then we'll just stand here, sit here in this calm and safe place with God, asking him what he wants to say to us. God, what you say about me is the most important thing. Would you tell me today how you think about me, how you feel about me? Would you show me, God?
can remain in this place for as long as you want to. Here with your Heavenly Father, understanding His heart for you. God bless you.